On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. Taylor, O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Let's have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, not Will Slattery, for one week only, keeping the hot seat warm. Will has decided to take a mid-season holiday after all his criticism, but I am thankfully joined as always by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, thank you for holding on and not taking a mid-season break. Well, someone's got to keep the uh, the ship steady, haven't they? Um, Will Slattery's really lost the run of himself. And after criticising, as you mentioned, mm. rugby players for taking mid-season breaks, um, it's a little bit rich, but Keen, I'm delighted someone's here to uh, to fill the void, as you said, to keep the hot seat warm. Um, should be a lot of fun this week. We've loads to chat about. Very interesting. Um, and we will try and give Will Slattery as much stick as possible throughout the show. So uh, looking forward to that. Well, his, his one bit of advice to me was, um, I hope you do well, but not too well. But <laughs> I've, I've assured him I'm only keeping the seat warm. The, the big one is the Champions Cup next week. He'll be back, I can assure all the listeners. Um but Luke, I just wanted to start maybe with touching on the Ireland Sevens. It was a really big weekend for them. They qualified in Hong Kong for the World Series, which is going to put them amongst the big boys next week. It's been a journey, I suppose, for the last four years. And in fairness to the IRFU, when they brought in David Nusafor and Anthony Eddy, this was part of one of their remits. And as I said, four years in the making, they came so close last year, mm. beaten by Japan in the semi-final with a try in the last play of the game. But they came back to avenge that. And... It was really impressive. I mean, some of the some of the players, some of the tries. You look at Jordan Conroy, but just maybe overall, what like what's your sort of perception of the sevens and where they're going now? Yeah, well, they're they're certainly going places. That's that's for sure. As you said, there were it was a close run thing last season. Uh, I would have been very disappointing for a lot of that group because um, a few of them have taken a big chance to you know to to go ahead and and go on this journey with the sevens because I think um, there was a decision made a couple of years ago to go ahead and support this uh, sevens sevens team and try and get them on the circuit because uh, there's a view that you know you are missing out on uh, lots of young talent it's a great format of the game very very exciting I think lots of people learn different skills as well I think the passing ability everyone has to have the running ability the appreciation of space defending a big spaces against good athletes I see loads of benefits to having people play in this game plus you always come out a great athlete so yeah look it's a fantastic thing it's great that they they, they did so well 
Um, you know, you yourself, obviously, you just did an interview with, with with Billy Dardis, which I actually thought was fantastic. It was great to see him being so open and honest. And um, you know, hopefully, he does get another shot at the at the, at the fifteen aside game. But guys like him, Jordan Conrad, very very exciting. Mm. Um, McGrath, Mick McGrath was there. Like he's a fantastic player as well. He was very close to, to I suppose, making it at Leinster. It was a few, a few good wingers maybe ahead of him at the time, uh, Keen, yeah. that uh, that maybe prevented him from from getting in there. Not but, mentioning any names. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, look, they've they've an exciting group there and a few young guys. And I think it's a great way for getting young people a bit of exposure to a really really tough environment. You know where you're like everything is stressed and anytime you're, I suppose, the thing with with top class sports and rugby particularly. When you get to test yourself in an environment where you're under fatigue, that really stresses your decision making. And the more guys you can put in that environment where they're stressing their and they're having to make good decisions under pressure when they're tired, I just think it's great for your game. It was something that I wish I played myself. Um because I just think you you get exposed to playing against great players as well. The, the Cerebris of the game. Uh, you know, obviously John Lomu made his start there. Mm. Um, you know, all these great players. Christian Cullen was a, was a sevens phenom. So, uh, you know, you'd love to think that they'll come up against a few guys like that and learn loads. So, uh, great that they've supported and good to see them rewarded actually mm. with, a, with a great result. And uh, as you say, amongst the big boys. Yeah, I think one of the things for me, like you mentioned, the likes of Billy Dardis, when you look at the rate the provinces are churning out these young players, it is very easy for them to, you know, slip through the cracks Billy Dardis obviously was in Leinster for four years he didn't make a single appearance and like you said he was really open in discussing that with me but if he if he hadn't got that you know where does he go from there so I think this gives Irish rugby another vehicle to you know not necessarily progress guys back into 15s because now that they're on the World Series this becomes much more attractive and I think we're, we might start seeing young players who actually fancy playing in this. I think it was great to see Adam Levy. You know, it was a really tough week for the Levy yeah, family geez, with Dan. Yeah, yeah. And Adam Levy played more than played his part, particularly in, mm. in the final as well. So I think there's a lot of positives to be taken from it. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's a serious athlete. You know, the, the Levy's obviously, there's something in the water mm. at the, in the Levy household. So we're wishing actually you know, on the subject and why we're, we're talking, Levy's better, you know, wish Dan the, the very best to look with, uh, with the injury. Hopefully, they get him, you know, uh, repaired as best as possible in the uh, Santry Sports Clinic. We wish him a very speedy mm. recovery. Recovery, um, and to the other Levy man, fantastic again to see someone like him involved in the setup. A uh, young guy, um, you know, probably just f like still on the kind of peripherals um, of of the fifteen aside game. But as you say, it's a great. For, it's it, it is a good vehicle for people who are. Maybe like your Billy Dardis is obviously the perfect example, and Mick McGrath be another good example mm. as well. Of maybe didn't quite make it at the 15s, but you'd hate to think that that's it for them in that format of the game. And I think it's a great showpiece event for guys like that if they do want to get back into 15s. Now maybe they don't, as you say. Yeah. Now they're in the in the circuit. Like there's a there's a, a you know there's an avenue for them to go where you're saying well, actually I'd actually love to do this travel around the world. Pretty, great pretty cities, glamorous, glamorous spots. Vegas. Yeah, you know, is it usually Melbourne Kong, or whatever? Dubai, Hong Kong, Dubai. Yeah, like Paris, I mean, for, London. All these. How bad? Yeah. Might try and make a comeback myself, Keen. <laughs> I have to lose a few pounds, my. But uh, look, it's it's very exciting. It keeps you in the shop window as well because it's a big challenge for the game since it's gone professional. Is trying to keep people involved once they they don't make it at mm. the professional level. Recognizing that it is difficult to, to stay involved in the game where you've put everything into for however many years since you're a kid, um, and it doesn't work out for you. 
But I still think there's a huge component where you're playing amateur rugby. That's yeah. really, that's a great, there's so many great facets to that. Uh, you know, the, the, the teamwork, the camaraderie with the guys down the club. Um, and I think they've made a big effort in that respect for the girl, the women's game as well. So I think there's great avenues for people just to play a, a team sport together. And you'd hate to see that disappear completely because it's under pressure at the moment. And the sevens could be a great way for pe- keeping people in contact a little bit throughout the game. So mm. um, exciting times. And I think it turned, as it turns out, a very good investment from the RFU. Yeah, you mentioned Jordan Conroy there, 10 tries in six games. I think he's going to be one particular to watch because obviously he's in the Connacht setup. Will they look to get him in next season? But obviously he's a seven sensation already and mm. people who are following the sevens are speaking about him in terms of the potential that he has. But anyway, their first World Series event, I think, is going to be in December in Dubai. And then the competition ranks up because you're in... in, So jealous. Yeah, you're in with all the big dogs then. So that's going to be interesting in Ireland. Mm. This should have happened years ago for Ireland. I mean, they're obviously playing catch-up in terms of the investment. But now that they've finally done it, it'll be fascinating to see how they get on the world stage. But just moving on to, I suppose, matters closer to home... Uh, the big game of this week, you'd, you'd have to say, is Connacht, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, it's 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 fairly season defining, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like, what's your well, like, what's your take of that? I mean, I was disappointed with the performance, but they got over the line. Now they limped because you know Zebra did have two kicks. They really yeah. should have got. Well, what did you make of that one? Did you get a look at it? Yeah, I saw I saw bits and pieces of it. I couldn't bring myself to watch the full game when I saw the scoreline because right. <laughs> I was looking studio. One, one, oh, yeah, <laughs> happy days for you, one for the purists. But um, yeah, like you said, the two missed kicks at the end and. Mm. Obviously, they had the try disallowed as well. I think it was Tom Daly's slight forward pass. But it's a venue they've kind of struggled in before. And I don't know, maybe it's the type of game they might have lost a couple of years ago. But I think they're at the point now where they need to be aiming for bigger, like higher and better. Obviously, Cardiff at home this week, you mentioned season defining. It, it also kind of defines next season, you know what I mean? It defines two seasons, one, and it defines their pre-season because this is the time when clubs want to sign players if you're not playing Champions Cup rugby, the, the you know the the pro- prospect oh, yeah. of joining the, the isn't, offering is way yeah. diminished. You so know, if um, they win, if they win, they're guaranteed a Pro 14 playoff place, which is great. But crucially, they're guaranteed to be in the Champions Cup next season, which for me is massive. For kind of yeah, like it's as you say, it's a deal breaker for trying to attract talent mm. in um, because people want to be in the in the shop window. They want to get exposed to playing against. Like I keep, I feel like it's going to be a recurring team so far in the first uh, 15 minutes of the pod. But like you want to be playing the best players and yeah. that's at the, at the moment that's that's uh, Heineken Cup so uh, yeah it's very important for them I, I expect them to do it I think they're playing good good enough rugby to do it I think they were a little bit maybe wasteful at times um, and I thought they were there was just a few opportunities that they like I thought they changed up the some of their tactics which was interesting and it was good to see the bit of variation it actually worked quite well for them I thought Jack Cardi's kicking to the corner outstanding that kind of lessened a little bit towards it, the, the second half and there wasn't any real variation he, you know we saw a little bit of that kind of variation in the Six Nations but we didn't see a little bit of a change up to keep the back three mm-hmm. guessing of Zebre um, whereas in the first half he was brilliant he pinged the corners and I thought the tactics were really good they kicked it out of their own half something they haven't done as much of they've kind of been running it and it'll be interesting to see if there's a big change in that this week because that's been a real strength for them their back three are just so exciting Tiernan O'Halloran playing great rugby um Healy as well he's been fantastic going forward for a very long time uh, and the two of those guys combining together along with Keen Keller if he's in um, they're a real handful for any team so um, interesting to see if there's a little bit of a change of tactics this week because for me, the big the big thing with Connacht, the reason the year they won the league was that they were really brave. They yeah. they they decided to play from those areas. They trusted their handling skills. They have loads of guys all over the pitch 
who can play with ball in hand. And that's actually the strength of the team. They're usually very fit. And they're used to the conditions down there as well. There's like a few little bits with the pitch, you know, there's like, it kind of, you know, there's a few slopes here and there. Like they always play those teams well. I always think they're a really tough team to beat away from home. So I'm expecting a result out of them, even though it was disappointing against Zebrae. They got over the line, as you said, something they may may not have done last season. So um, interesting to see how they go. I'm expecting a win. It is a big one, and they'll get a big crowd in the, in, in the sports ground as well. So yeah. expecting fireworks in that one, though, because yeah. Cardiff have showed, I mean, that game against Munster. Yeah. They're dangerous. Oh, they're bloody dangerous. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you saw that try just before half time, and if the referee hadn't given that uh, that try, that Munster mm. try, the Conor Murray Conor one, Murray, which yeah. is fairly, you know, I'm not sure. You might get on to that, yeah. I, okay, okay, I won't, I won't spoil your your, your question, but that, <laughs> like that, that was interesting because the game turned on that point. Um, so Cardiff are a tough proposition, and while they're patchy, and I do believe they are patchy, if you can get on top of them, I think they will fall away, as, as Munster showed. But if Conor can get on top of them. I could see them winning comfortably, you know. There, there's huge pressure on them from all aspects, but maybe even particularly more because Andy Friend decided to rest most of the frontliners for the Challenge Cup, which was obviously an avenue back into the Champions Cup as well. Now, we know Claremont are odds-on to win that. It would have been an incredibly tough task, but that makes this a little bit more pressure because their eggs are in the Pro 14 basket. And when I've been in with yourself and Will, we've spoken a lot about the job that Andy Friend has done. It's been, it's been remarkable. Mm. Just a total change, excuse me, from last season. But this is the next step, isn't it? You know, Dave Connacht have gotten the redevelopment, you know, confirmed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to make the sports round into 12,000 capacity. Andy Friend has got them playing the right kind of rugby. They've got a good set of players. They probably need a couple more in the off-season. But playing Championship Champions Cup rugby is the next step, isn't it? Oh, it, it definitely is. And they're well capable of really being a real, like a real threat there as well. I'm not Like, I think it'll be difficult for them. There's always a big challenge in your first years, particularly away from home where I feel like they have a journey to go on to become a Leinster or a Munster where they can eke out an away performance mm. and get through a group stage. Um, so I'd say there's a bit of a journey for them to go in that respect, but at home they'd be really difficult to beat and they're well capable of you know causing an upset and um, it'd be great to see them. It'd be great for the rugby. I think if, as well when they have so much development going on outside the game, this would marry you know, alongside that very, very well. I think the two together, Champions Cup Rugby, 12,000 capacity stadium, you'd think they'd pack the place out and it, it would create a great buzz in there because, you know, what they've developed in there in terms of the the, the youth kind of element, mm. um, I think has been really impressive. They've replaced John Muldoon really, really well. Jared Butler is having oh, a he's brilliant been unbelievable. Season. He's been brilliant, you know. Yeah. He's a real threat on the ball. He's a great leader. He seems calm out in the pitch. And he said so much that he was barely in the door and they made him captain, I think. I mean, that was the sign of a guy who's made an immediate impact on it he's been outstanding. Or he's a Kiwi and he, Pat Lamb liked him <laughs> yeah, well, Pat Lamb was gone so oh I mean, sorry yeah, so, Keen, so, so and, and, Keen, yeah. <laughs> but even Colby Fainga is another one I think yeah. who's having a really good game and one player I wanted to, to ask you about is Robin Copeland you know when he made the move for Munster it was a re- really good signing for him but mm. hasn't quite happened for him he's had his injury problems in Connacht but he came up with a match winning intervention at the end of the game mm. when he won the turnover penalty he could have a big part to play in this end of the season as well couldn't he? He could but he was so good with Cardiff I think mm. he was given a bit of a free role there uh, you saw glimpses of it uh, I think on the weekend when he came on the turnover was brilliant yeah. but I actually thought it was the carrying ability of Robin Copeland that is the standout mm. part of his game he's a brilliant athlete as you said the key thing is for him is is, is getting fit he needs he, he looks to me like a, a guy who needs consecutive matches Cardiff just played him all the time and he was brilliant for them and of course they had the fast track but mm. you know 
Connacht play a brand of rugby where someone like him would yeah. be really good if he can find out if he can figure out places in the game plan where he can get out into the outside channels he could be a real threat because he's a nightmare for a, for a winger or a centre to tackle he's just such a big man and he's so quick as well um, he could be a real threat for them so I think game time is going to be key for him he could have a big impact for them um, and they look that's probably the one area Bar Alton Delan he's, it's probably the one area where I think they're just missing one other carrier. I felt mm. about Ulster for a long time. It looks like they've kind of plugged that hole and then I could see is there. Jordy Murphy's there yeah. um, and Ian Henderson. You just need about that amount of carriers. Just, you just need ballast from somewhere. You need to be making you know yards where you shouldn't be making yards here and there just to make the game easier for your backs and helps you put put the team in good position, helps the, helps the backs get a bit of momentum and then all of a sudden you just keep going. You know, it's hard to stop you then. Mm. Uh, that's when penalties, that's when you build pressure that's for me a key part for them so having someone like him he could be the difference maker for them so they need a couple of players don't they I think in the off season especially if they're going to be competing in the Champions Cup but their their hand will be strengthened if they get that they do although I, what I would say is um, Tom, you know Tom Daly and Tom Farrell have been excellent Tom Farrell's been outstanding He's outstanding been, yeah. yeah so they, they have I, that was an area where I was concerned since Robbie Henshaw left but those guys have been really really yeah. good in that area and I think the longer <clears> they get and the more time they get to play the better they will get as well mm. Bundy a key to come back into the team Carty's playing well and um, I've been really impress, impressed with Blade um, yeah. you know Marmion hasn't seemed to get you know even though he's fit doesn't seem to be starting um, which is a real testament because he's been brilliant for them I know he was very good the week before and got a cracking try from the chip over the mm. top from uh, from Marmion but that's a real neck and neck battle because he's been very comfortable there for a long time another one who would have gained hugely wouldn't he from being in the Six Nations squad I know he didn't get to play but even just being in that environment you can just imagine a guy's confidence soaring coming back into the yeah absolutely you know even training amongst those guys he would have been you yeah. know training against the likes of a Johnny Sexton you know and the demands that mm. Joe would place on the quality of your pass and your detail um, and the fitness levels required to go up a level because there is a difference between like everyone is the best athlete in their mm. respective provinces everyone is the best ball hand like everyone is the best fo- you know it's all you're dealing with all the best people all the best highest IQ rugby players in each province is in that camp alongside the best coaches I think probably well I'm debatable on that one but um you know, pretty top class and world class coaches. Uh, I think maybe Leinster might be close enough with Lancaster um, and, and Cullen, but I still think there's probably a way to go before they're at the level of of, of Schmidt and um, and Andy Farrell and Simon Eastwood. So uh, it's a great place for those guys to be and to be exposed to that. You can see he's got a confidence. You can see that um, you know he's playing the game with a, just a little bit of. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm landing on je ne sais quoi but he's just he's, there's something there that we haven't seen with him mm. he's like he's, he's just full of energy I know he's always been that kind of player but he looks to me like he's not afraid to try things now he's bossing people around mm. the pitch he looks like a player who's been settled and that's, that's you know, with a nine, that's a really important thing. You see how Conor Murray does it, Luke McGrath does it, you know. John Cooney now, I think, is in that role where people respect him, they're listening to him, they just want guidance and they trust his guidance that he's giving them on the pitch. So Blade looks like he's in that mould now and he's going to be a real competition there with, with Marmion. And the two guys having a good nine because they touch the ball so often in the game, Keen. They have a massive impact on it. If you can have two guys, really top-class guys, it means that the other team never get a break for the full 80 minutes and you can really go after teams for the full game. Because um, if you see Marmion coming on, the difference he makes, you see if, you know, even if, for example, in the big game next weekend, if Marmion starts the game, but Blade's coming on, the yeah. way he's playing, there'll be no respite, there'll be no bad decisions made, there'll be, you know, the, the, the defence won't get a moment to breathe. Um, so it's really important and I think that little bit of, it looks like that, that little 
bit of time that he spent in Irish camp has made a big impact. Yeah, definitely positive signs. You mentioned the Cardiff and Munster game, a uh, thrilling game that Munster obviously edged. It been a bit of a mixed front on the on the news the news front for Munster this week. Mm. Um, obviously, Johan Van Gran signing a new two year deal is a massive positive. But Joey Carberry looks like he's going to miss the Saracens game. We might just start with Van Gran and the two year deal. Good good business, I think most people would agree. What have you sort of made of the impact he came in in you know difficult circumstances taking over mm. from Marcy Rasmus? What have you made of him? I've been very impressed with him. He looks like he's really bought in as well. It was great to see him, you know, just the emotion, um, you know, after the quarterfinal win. Uh, that was great to see. You know, that was a guy that's, who's bought into it, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. But I think they, they're kind of infectious down there. Yeah. I really think that. I think the Munster supporters, like if you're one of their own, you look at like the Leinster guys who've gone down there, like Andrew Conway, Felix Jones, uh, Niall Ronan before that, all those guys, they just loved mm. it, you know, and they really bought into the culture down there and they really accepted them down there. I know myself from having lived in Cork, my folks, some of their closest friends are still people from Cork. We only spent five years down there. Mm. So um, I think They're it's a kind of a... D- yeah, once, you ha- once you get in, you're in <laughs> and you're one of them and they accept you. But, um, you know, it, that, it, can be a hard, it can be a difficult difficult uh, transition, I'm sure. But I think even Joey Carberry signing yeah. up again, I know he's injured like Sutter is. There's lots of people committing like their futures to the province and they obviously feel like there's they're going somewhere and that there's a big future there and they've been on the cusp for a while so um, I, I I still believe that Saracens might be just a bridge too far for them Um they're just they're really informed. They look really strong. They've got a they've got a great bench. They've thread all over the pitch. They can play a number of ways. They can kick the ball well. They can put you under pressure in the pack. They can squeeze you out with their defence. But they also have the guile behind the scrum with Farrell back will be a big addition. Good at the good at fifteen is playing fantastic. Will be alongside the likes of Liam Williams. I just don't see where there's any let up when you play them. And they play at a great pace. So um, you know, Munster will really like they need to have their best game. They need to have their best game to beat those guys. But in terms of the league, and it probably is, you know, probably worthwhile covering that as well. Um, are you seeing just before we get on to that? Are you seeing mm. an identity with this monster team? What like what is their identity under Van Gran? I've seen some people maybe criticising their attack, but I don't know if I'd necessarily go along with that because some of the tries they've scored this season have been really good. Again against Cardiff. That try Earl scored against Edinburgh, the second one in particular, was a really, really nice move. What what have you make of the whole the whole picture? I guess Felix Jones and Jerry Flannery will, you know, possibly be the next ones to sign up. Would mm. you expect them to do, or do you think there'll be any changes there? Do they need anything? I don't know. I'm not sure they need anything. No, I think uh, all the noise I've heard from you know uh, from camp about Felix Jones is that ever since he's made the transition into coaching, it's just been unbelievably impressive. He's approached it with the same kind of mentality that he had as a player, which was just dogged work ethic mm. you know he just worked he got the best out of himself Felix Jones he was just I always admired him I thought he was a really great player a smart rugby player and you can see um, the impact that he's had on Munster you know because that's a difficult transitional mm. period they went through mm. uh, when Erasmus left you know mid-season there's a big coaching change but really they kind of they still were there thereabouts so you know they're not they're, look, they haven't got over the line and that's going to be I think the real deciding factor as to whether we view them as a, as a success or not in this coaching role. Um, so that is the the last, I suppose, little bit that I think they have to get over in terms of the attack. Sorry, in terms of Jerry Flannery, I'd have to see him him staying. He's done a super job. Brilliant. The pack has been, been excellent. Oh, they've been excellent. Kilcoyne particularly. Yeah, he's getting the best out of these guys as well. Like, mm. isn't he? You know, Kilcoyne looks like a different player almost now. He's carrying his. He's oh, always he been looks, a big carrier. He's like a great athlete now. At he's the in great he's, nick, yeah, isn't he? he? Is isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he looks like he's in really good condition. Um, 
and I still think there's a little bit more out of CJ to be got. Peter Romani has been leading that team just so well. Yeah. Um, and I think the back, the, the, one of the big things for me has actually been, John Ryan's been brilliant as well too, we may as well mention, but that second row combination. Mm, yeah, we've like mentioned they it a bit the time here. Life they're they're of the lifeblood They're the perfect team. balance, aren't oh, they? Perfect. Where, they're reminding me a little bit of like a, of a kind of a backies both a, and a matrix, but yeah. obviously not like Ty Byrne is more in the mold of a is he a young Paul O'Connell kind of with the yeah. athleticism around the pitch? Um, the last part of his game is probably the kind of tidier parts that mm. Paul O'Connell was always so great at as well. He started brilliant. Yeah, like the line out, he started calling the line out for the first time this yeah. season, which you know is another string to his bow, especially mm. with the Irish setup. But um, the pack is going really well. What have you made of uh, Tyler Blaindall? Um, something I've been writing about in tomorrow's paper. I think he's been really impressive. Um, guy who's, you know, come back twice from career-threatening injuries. But I think Munster deserve a lot of credit as well because they've stuck by him. You know, his mm. contract was up at the end of the season and I'm sure he's on a nice wedge there, you know, came over with a big reputation. And, you know, y- y- you couldn't have blamed them, I don't think, if they decided, OK, look, we might just mm. look elsewhere because we can't trust this guy. But I think in the last three games, particularly that game against Edinburgh, and he was very good again against Cardiff, has shown exactly why there is so much faith in him. Do, do you see that and do you think he is the man he can fill in for Joey Carberry against Saracens will he be good enough do you think I do I've always liked Blaindell I just think he's had he's just kind of been injury ravaged mm. uh, like even even from the moment he came into the club and they've been really really uh, patient with him I know myself I had great experiences I'd stuck some tough days with Leinster as well but uh, for the most part they were very loyal to me and I believe I was very loyal to them and I think it's reciprocal you know, uh, like yeah. they've shown him great faith and yeah. I think he's returned that, yeah. you know, because he's playing with injuries that are, as you say, very serious and he's putting his body on the line mm. um, and I think he's been brilliant every chance he's got. So, uh, I, I'm not, see, like, I, I'm not 100% convinced on, on Haley yet. Um, and I'm not sure that the best balance for the team is actually still Joey at 10. Like, I, it's, it's, I sound like a broken record saying it, but uh, I think he has to play there because that was the big move, mm. that was the selling point and he's been brilliant for them there. But I'm just still. I, f- I feel like Munster just. It's the Zebo factor that's just missing. Um, I, I and I maybe I'm maybe I'm stuck on that. Maybe I'm like, maybe I just can't get past the Zebo thing. I'm like they need someone like that there. Um, I, like I think if failing that, I think it's probably Conway's my was my favorite option there. But then you're missing a bit of him on the wing as well. But do, you, do I, I, well, I'm that, sorry? That, that's something I kind of, I, I agree with you. I think I think there's a lot more to come from Mike Haley. This guy came with you know big reputation yeah. from Sale. And I agree with you. I don't think we've seen the best yet. I still think Munster's best attacking back three at the moment is Conway at fullback with Earls and Sweetenham on the wing. What 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 do you what do you think? I of thought Sweetenham was good. Yeah, I mean there was the there was the one error really on the um, for the Cardiff try the week before that I was just a bit like I think they got he bit in fairly badly. Now he got exposed because I think Farrell made a poor decision on his inside as well, and he was kind of left in no man's land. But um, yeah, look, it's a, it's it's a tricky one to to call that one. Um, Sweetenham still feels raw to me, even though he's been around a good while now. Mm. Um, I'd like to see him get it. I think he's got great pace. He's good under the high ball. Um, he's a big game player as well. He's been good for them in, in the big games. So, um, yeah, like I I I feel like the it, it that's a tight enough call. Like I I think they like Haley. Um, they spent the money on him to get him yeah. over. He was obviously there to replace Zebo. So th- I'd say they're going to stick with him and give him opportunities. But as you say. I'm just, I haven't been that enamoured with him. I haven't been, I, for whatever reason, I just feel like I was expecting something kind of like a like for like for Zebo, where, you know, there's a lot of pressure now on Farrell to be that other, that kind of third playmaker in the back line mm-hmm. outside of Murray and whoever's playing 10. I know they have Scannell there as well. Um, 
But I, I feel like the balance is still maybe in the attacking side. I, they're missing that link. They're missing that killer link from who someone who can deliver a pass under real pressure uh, to put people away in kind of that crucial channel at 13 mm. or and 15. Um, and they like whether that's actually moving Scannell to 13. I heard someone mention that to me. They think they preferred him there um, for Munster. Um, and maybe have um, Farrell at 12. Have Farrell at 12. Um, that was something that was maybe Moody was saying because you saw the way like I think McCluskey did a great job for, for Ulster there and you'd see Farrell is doing something quite similar so to touch and the reason I mentioned that is because we kind of were asking about the attack originally about Munster and where we thought that was going there have been some concerns about that um, and yeah I think if like they're going to need to show a better attacking hand if they want to beat Sar- Saracens and I think if they want to pip Glasgow uh, which is looking like it's going to be a bit of a challenge at this stage but if they want to pip them to that top spot because it would be good to get a week off around um, you know semi uh, like Heineken Cup semi uh, sorry Heineken Cup semi-final mm. time I think that will pay dividends especially with some of the players that they have to kind of just rest like the likes of Pete O'Mahony's at a big season and Keith Earls these guys they, like a rest would do them well around around about that time so um, yeah they need to get something they need to figure something out they're just not they're, they're getting a lot of possession but against a big team you can't just run over them yeah. uh, team with a bit of heart like Saracens have a lot of heart mm. they have big tacklers they have a good organised defence they play the game of pace as well themselves, so you're not going to be you're not going to be just pummeling on a team and like them and like like trying to break them down. You're going to have to defend a bit as well, which will take the steam out of you. There's mental pressure with that as well. So, um, I think that's going to be a challenge for them. They need to figure out what, what, what where is where is it breaking down? Why are they not getting a few more tries? I know the Cardiff game, but I think Cardiff fell away quite poorly, and it was actually in the balance. The that bench game. made a big impact. They made yeah. a big impact, but against Saracens, we'll have a good, or like a, we'll have a better bench. So they're going to have to show my view of it. They're going to have to show a bit of ambition, I think, against Saracens because if they just want to, you know, try attempt to bully them, Saracens will just gobble that up, and then they'll hurt Munster. I think in different areas. What yeah. What do you think? And also, but the, the, I think you're 100 percent right. And I think the blueprint for them is going to be that game they played against them two years ago. Two years I think ago, yeah. where they just kicked the ball up in the air or they, yeah. they decided they were going to attack them in the air. Without but, Conor Murray as well that day, which is an important thing to remember. That you know? was in fairness. No, so I know did, Duncan Williams was playing yeah. on the day, but and, and like while he's a good player, there's a big yeah. difference between himself yeah. and, and, and Conor Murray. Um yeah. You know, Albie Matson, by the way, is a great bit of he's a super They've bit done of well to keep him to They've the end done of very well to keep him. I, I, he could be a big factor at the end of the season. But like I, what I would say is I think they do have to be brave. Like mm. I think they have to think about the kicking strategy because and I think the Ireland game will be a good like that'll be good to look at there. Whether it's going across field for cross field kicks, um, you know, whether you try and, you know, play the ball out to your second you know, so your your second centre or your full back and kick from those places. They have to try and figure something else out there because it's going to be important to kick against Saracens and kick well. They're going to expect Conor Murray to be box kicking all day. They should use that because it's a strength for the team, but they also yeah. need to figure out other ways of doing it. That'll be, a, a, for me, that's a key area. That is going to be so key because you can't let Saracens just put pressure on you all day. One of the best ways to do that is to kick well against them. But they, have to, they might have to be brave. They might have to go mm. to the 15 channel at the yeah. start and kick from there. I've seen some people saying that it's bonus ter- ter- territory for Munster being a semi-final. It's not something I agree with. I'm just interested to get your thoughts. No. This is the third year in a row that they're in a semi-final. This feels like the year that they really need to make the, the next step. You know, I know they have an incredibly tough challenge against Saracens, but is it a bit disingenuous to say this is bonus territory with the with this squad that Munster have and the form that a lot of these guys are in? Yeah, maybe slightly disparaging to the mm. group, you know, because they're a very talented bunch. Um, and no, I, I sorry, I kind of agree with you. I, I do. I, I'd love to create a bit of a bit of discourse <laughs> and a bit of enmity, enmity there, but. Um, 
I, I do think they need, it feels to me like they need to get past the, a semi-final. Mm. Like whether that's in the league, my view still is the is my, my prediction at the start of the year was that I think they might win the league this year. Uh, but that the Champions Cup and that was without knowing they'd have Saracens in the semi-final yeah. I just feel like that's still a hurdle they, mm-hmm. they're missing one piece of the jigsaw puzzle if they could have kept Zebo, I, I would feel they might be more of a threat um, but he's been a loss I feel like they haven't replaced so yeah no that that for me I, I, I still believe I think the league is 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 more within their their capabilities yeah. this year but they need to win something. They yeah. like this group. You heard Murray talking about mm. it. They're aware of it. Like They're Earls, losing, These are all these guys are all winners. Pete O'Mahony, he's was a serial winner. What, what was O'Mahony? O'Mahony said uh, last year was that I'm sick of learning lessons after semi final defeats. You know and. Yeah, he's a great way with words. A few of them, but they're always Very powerful. Few, yeah. And to the point. Yeah, well, he's look. He's a top. He's a great guy. In fairness to him, it's good. Like he always is a great way. You know, you know, one of those people who was always born to be a captain. Like yeah, I, yeah. I could talk forever, and nothing is impactful. Mm-hmm. He could say three words, and you're like, Jesus, that was. Wow, fair mm. play. And like he just hit the nail on the head with that one. So uh, they're right. You hear, like, uh, and it was interesting. Nearly every you know interview Conor Murray does, he mentions about winning something with Munster. Yeah. Uh, they they do they need to win something. They're too talented a bunch not to. They've got Benetton this week away. Just from what you're saying there with the league being in with their grasp, how do you approach this week? There's no way they're going to be playing the, the same team that's going to you know play Saracens. But do you think a lot of these guys need to need to play this weekend, or can they go into the Saracens game? You know without having had that game this week. It's a tough little balance, I think. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, I think maybe I'd be selective enough and have a few guys playing it still just to keep them, keep mm. you know, keep the team with a bit of momentum. And uh, there's a few key guys that could still do it more game time. So uh, interesting to see what, what, what they do with that. Um, they have a lot of guys who can play without, like who can play well with a week off. Yeah. You know, they've proved that. They proved that in the Edinburgh game. They didn't, well, sorry, they didn't play great, but they still got over the line against a very tough Edinburgh team at home, having had the week's holidays before, which I was concerned enough about. I know Will, who, poor old Will Slattery, who's over on his holidays at the moment, was kind of saying it, um, that he was concerned about it. And it is always when you let people out of the environment, because I know the Leinster guys came back in on the Wednesday and they have their break. They're, they're on their break currently. Um, and I think that's probably a better way of doing it, I think. Um, but they have guys who can come back in and play well. They, they've proved that, would, you know, against Edinburgh. So what do you do? Do you give them the week off? Do you train them up and you say, listen, freshen yourself up? That that could be a good way of doing it. So, um, yeah, very difficult to make a call on those things. Like, I think there's so much information now that they base those informa- th- those decisions on. Yeah. Like, it's training load yeah. over the year. It's, you know, uh, World Cup in the summer. It's, you know, we've got these big games coming up now. You know, who's training well? Who's playing well? Um, how do they feel themselves? Do they want the game? So, like, there'll probably be input from all sorts of angles. And, and they will make... The, you know the best decision based on all the information available Keen. so yeah. it's difficult for us without the information yeah and I suppose a couple of years ago this would have been a game that would have been a gimme but I mean it's probably worth talking about Benetton and the impact that they've had this season you know they gave Leinster a serious game last week should have won it they're pretty good, aren't they? Let's, <laughs> let's put a good, yeah. here. They, and they play really really good rugby now as well they do look and, and do you know what I was re- it's the it's it's the pack the pack can play a bit now mm. um you know, and the backs aren't as... Um, they're not as loose, aren't they? There's no cohesion there. No, like doing. there's not silly mistakes. Yeah. There's no... Uh, there's no... Like, I always thought they were kind of... Uh, I'm searching for for a word for it, but they just, they'd just they be throwing away opportunity after opportunity. And, and I felt they did they did a little bit of that. They almost lost that game, having had all the... Oper- you know, having had the upper hand for, for large periods in the game. 
Um, would have been very disappointing for to come away with nothing and then for you know to be a real uphill battle to get into the league. It's actually a possibility now. They're, that mm. that you know that one against Zebra will be tough because yeah. they've had a very tough season. Zebra and they have played some good games at home, mm-hmm. so that's a way. But to have Munster at home and whether Munster have a big like you know Munster are almost they're, like they're definitely qualified. Sorry, yeah. it's whether they want that top spot. I I think they should go all guns blazing and try and get that top spot. But that's personal opinion. I'm not sure that'll be shared by the coaching staff. And again, we're not privy to all the information. With which they'll be making the information based on, uh, sorry, on on the selection side. So, on the Benetton side, you'd have to think there'd be some kind of transfer as well. This is the bit I'm most pleased about: is that there'd be some kind of transfer to the national team, a bit of confidence, winning a few games. That creates a bit of good feeling, a bit of confidence around the place to play some good rugby, to understand, you know, how to play within a game plan that's working, and trust a game plan, and trust that a game plan can get you over the line because. Uh, up to this point, like Italy have only ever been spoilers. Mm. They haven't actually really, like, have you ever seen them go out and actually outplay a team for a whole 80 minutes and you're saying, geez, you know, they really deserve that win or they didn't give the opportunity, you know, the opposition a chance to win the game at the end, haven't been on top for 70 minutes. So, um, I, I think it's, it bodes well and you'd have to say that it looks like, you know, some of the structures put in place and the Conor Shea guy I've been not necessarily, you know, I, I, I failed to really see the, the impact he's had on the national team and, you know, obviously they should have really beaten France this year but other than that they've really struggled mm. under him but, these, there's something to work. I, I think he's reckon, to work there's a recognition that you need to have, you need to build on some kind of foundation. Mm. Like the Irish team has been successful because one of the provinces has been fairly yeah. successful nearly every single year, and they and they've built on that. They've built a strong base from which to work from. You see all the different talent that comes in. Ireland can lose a player now, like a really world class player, and they have a pretty class. You know, mm-hmm. like not necessarily world class, but they've got a really top quality professional rugby player coming in to fill the void. And the level of the team doesn't completely drop off the back of that. Whereas Italy, Parise goes and you're thinking, yeah. you know, or the Bergamascos in the past, mm-hmm. one of them goes down, like who comes in to replace them? So they look like they're building a bit of depth and they do that through playing well in the league, being consistent there and having good coaching there week in, week out. So good to see them putting in the structures and a paying dividends because mm-hmm. Benetton have been great to watch this year. As of Zebra at times, they're still too loose for me. Like those two kicks at the end, like they really should have beaten Connacht there and yeah. that would have been a big lift for them. Yeah, and I suppose, yeah, the job Michael Bradley is doing and Kieran Crowley at yeah, Benetton, you know, th- these guys deserve credit because the league needs it as well, the Pro 14. But what did you make it then from, from the Leinster side of things? I guess they're in a situation where, you know, th- everything is building towards the Toulouse game. You know, they're runaway leaders in their conference. Is complacency the biggest issue? Or do you think these guys, do, do these guys basically see a way into the team, do you think? Or do you think that the team is... If there was ever a time game. Mm. Like, uh, there's a lot of frontline guys are, you know, carrying injuries, have been playing fairly mixed. Um, I think if you were, if you have any kind of ambition and belief in yourself, now is like, you putting your hand up now is... Is the perfect time. This, these are the chances you get. Uh, you know, you just need a bit of luck somewhere. Get your nose in the door, and all of a sudden, you're, you're, you know, you're in. And then it's your jersey to lose. Uh, so, um, yeah, if they're if they're if they're not if they're sleeping on this kind of opportunity, then I'd say now's the time to wake up because there's guys in the and the, like Irish internationals, top, like world class rugby players who are not at the top, uh, not playing their best rugby and who've been injured. And Leo and Stewart have been very like, like they're cutthroat. They I will was, just they won't pick you if you're, if you're not if you're not training every week. I was just I was going to make that point actually, and I think they deserve a lot of credit because one of the criticisms of the Irish selection has been you know at times it's picking on it's picking on reputation rather than form. The two of them like you know I think a good example was it when Sean O'Brien and Sean Cronin 
were sent back after the Italy game to Leinster with the expectation that you know they'll roll into the team and play. Leinster already had their team picked and they were like, we're going to back these guys. I guess you're seeing it with the Jack McGrath situation now mm. and Ed Byrne. I think Leo Cullen in particular, he's the one picking the team at the end of the day. Deserves a lot of credit, I think, for that yeah, well, the, the the good thing for him is that he's in a position where the team is like he's able to make those yeah. decisions. It's every every game isn't a life or death one for him, mm. Keane, which is which is has been helpful. But in saying that, and to uh, you know to, I suppose take the other view, he was doing this two years ago when the team wasn't playing well. He was picking all the guys. He was giving people opportunities. If he didn't train enough during the week. Then he was just dropping you. Like I feel like that was one of Joe's biggest strengths when he came in. He just would if you're not training during the week, boom, you're done, cut yeah. you. No matter what your reputation was, he was just brilliant at that. He was really cutthroat because he really believed in building habits in training all the time. And I think obviously Leinster subscribed to that. Um and you see that. You see with like big guys with big reputations not getting like like Rob Carney, uh, you know, yeah. Jordan Larmer getting in ahead of him. Um you know, and like as you say, you're kind of Sean O'Brien, Sean Cronin during Six Nations coming back, and and they hadn't trained with the team all week, and they weren't going to disrupt what yeah. they'd been building all week, and knock people's confidence mm-hmm. by doing that. So, I think it keeps the integrity very good in the group, um, and it is great for morale because people actually can see a way to say, well, look, like I've got it. If I play great, like how, what what's he going to say to me in the meeting? Like mm-hmm. how is he going to say, and I, I I'm going to rip him a new one if I've played brilliant. Like, you have to be, you have to have confidence in your own ability. You have to say to, like, Leo or whoever's going to be dropping your steward, say, hang on, like, what are you basing this on? Like, mm-hmm. that guy hasn't trained. I've been training here. I've been playing. Have I played well? And that's basically going to be the barometer from now. It's not going to be what you've done in the past. It's, are you playing well? Like, did you train well the previous day? It's going to come down to things like that that are going to make the difference for this, you know, in terms of getting into the, to, into the Lancer team. And they've created a great environment for that. And yeah, mm-hmm. At times, I think the Irish selection can be a little bit, um, a little bit stale. Like you know, they can really rely. They they're relying on people who maybe haven't played in a long time, or coming back from injuries to come in and perform at their best. And that's that's dangerous. That's mm-hmm. dangerous. They talked about building a lot of depth, and I still feel like they're just a little bit off in that department. They haven't built that since the last World Cup. I thought they had, but I think they've kind of there's been a bit of a, a retracement from that, and a bit of bit of retrenchment back to old values where we're going to rely on the same guys regardless of whether they've haven't trained in five six weeks. So it's a it's a dangerous place to be to be relying on guys like that. And I think I I'd, I'd much rather be involved in the setup that was kind of uh, I think maybe giving more opportunities to people who are being consistent, who are training every day, and uh, who are playing all the time for you. Good news on the injury front. It looks like Devin Tone and Robbie Hench are going to be back. Two massive players, particularly for that Toulouse game. Massive, and it brings James Lowe back into the picture as well, I mm. suppose. Um, but geez, uh, like that's a real dilemma for them still. Is what they do with those three guys? Um, like, I, th- I think it was um, it was Tommy Bow made a great point <coughs> on the pod last week. He was saying like, how do they have someone like James Lowe sitting on the bench for that game when, like. They only brought James and Gibson Park on for was it like seven like whatever it was was it mm. fifteen minutes or something yeah. like that whatever like so that's a hard justification to mm. make and they're obviously doing it because they don't have confidence in the the third choice there or is it Hugh Hugh O'Sullivan maybe Hugh or Sullivan Paddy Paddy Pearson as well yeah whoever's there yeah. so like they have guys there who Nick are McCarthy, I suppose, too. yeah but, but I suppose Nick's leaving yeah, so which you know, is that a tough one as well you know yeah, they, they want to be looking at the guys who are there it, it, look that's a real challenge for them and like I, I know they've only got one more year of it before you know yeah. everyone they can play all the guys well well no the, Gibson Park qualifies um, in the summer so it's only a couple more months oh, sorry really. but is in it next season yeah. so then they'll be able to play them but like loads of type player who puts bums on seats as well isn't he oh, he's he a game is. breaker I love watching him yeah. play I think like, there's times does. at the start when I was like 
oh, he's infuriating. Like, because he was just like, he's just done like, like he's beaten like three or four guys. Uh, he's made an unbelievable offer. And just like, oh, just, just relax. You don't have to yeah. score every single time you have the ball. But I think he's matured into such a good player. Like, he's really, a, he's a big part of Leinster's game. His kicking game off the left foot, he provides that for them mm. as well. Um, he's just such a nice foot. He's their X factor. He's what Leinster have that I think maybe Munster are just missing. Like, I think Keith Earls can provide that, but I still think Jameson, uh, James Lowe, sorry, is. He's just such a. He's unpredictable. You don't oh, know what he's, he's but do. he's he's such a big man. Yeah. He's so strong. He's, he doesn't he's necessarily so, he's have so to find for his try. But he doesn't have to go around you. Yeah, he can go, go through, through you. Yeah. Like, and that's a big difference. Like Keith Earls still has to find space to go around around you. And if you're really defending well, his job is really difficult. You're asking him to work a miracle. You know, you're mm. asking him to make something happen in a phone box. Whereas James Gibson Park can go straight through the phone box. And or, sorry, James Lowe, excuse me, can go straight through yeah. the phone box if called upon. So. Um, that's the challenge for this team is like who they pick in there and who they pick in that slot. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't drop Vardy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you. I can't no, drop Vardy. He's too good. Talismanic as well. He's oh, just, and he's, he's unbelievable. Such, he's a bit of an unsung hero, I think, as well. He he goes about his business really. Oh, quietly they love him there. No, he's getting, not unsung. They love but, him. But I, no, sorry, I meant from outside. Oh, maybe yeah, outside, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. kind of get the maybe the credit he deserves. And signing on, you, you think about that World mm. Cup period, how important he's going to be. But they've got Glasgow this weekend and. It's interesting, Toulouse have got a top-of-the-table clash against Claremont, which is on Sunday, which gives them a day less preparation than mm. Leinster will have. So they re- they actually lost their 14-game beaten run in the league last week, so against Toulon. Toulon now, that, they didn't yeah. play their full team, but you'd imagine they'll have a very strong team out yeah. against Claremont. Leinster certainly won't have their big guns like so Johnny Sexton looks like won't play against Glasgow so yeah. is that I think that's probably a decision based on the injury I think they're tr- yeah. trying to give him every opportunity to but get at, back at, at the same time you'd imagine there'll be more Toulouse players playing this weekend on a Sunday than there will be Leinster compared to who's going to play yeah there the could well be Yeah, is, like, is that an advantage you think oh, I think it is yeah definitely yeah. Um, you have extra experience. preparation time in terms of planning you know and that's a big thing for the Leinster team may not affect Toulouse as much because I'm not sure what level of planning they go through that they just play the game um, <laughs> probably suggests that that's mm. what they do as being a, being a French team um, maybe it has got a bit more nuance maybe I'm not giving this Toulouse team enough credit for that but I would suggest that they look a bit loose like they got very like people were talking about them oh this is completely changed Toulouse team and yeah they've been better but they got two intercepts over in, oh, like in the away fixture that basically cost Leinster the game mm. Leinster were on top for large periods of that So and they beat them with a uh, I'm going to say half the first team really um, in the RDS mm. you know a lot of young guys in now people would say the drop off in standard is not that much between those guys but it's still a slight bit and that makes a big difference in a, in, in a game so um, I'm expecting Leinster with the full guns like all the guns blazing I suppose to to beat Toulouse I think there's still a good a good journey for them to go on in terms of organisation and planning to really be on a par with uh, with the Leinster team or even a Munster team away particularly away from home particularly yeah. away from home so uh, look it's good to see I think like I think that is an advantage to answer your question Um you know, they'll, it's it's the extra little bit of planning. It's the extra little bit of recovery. They have to do the traveling as well, so yeah. they're going to be they're going to be down a day on, on like on that side as well. So I think it's kind of a bit of a double whammy for them. So I think it's advantage Leinster before the game starts. It's just whether those guys that are very important to Leinster, I think, performing at their best, whether they come back into the fold. You know, how they do? Are they going to be match fit? Um, I think those both of those guys are usually pretty good. Devin, what I would say. It's kind of unusual for him. He hasn't been. He's rarely injured, so that's a bigger. He's he's got a bit of a. There's a learning journey to go on there in terms of coming back from was it ten weeks out. Very unlike yeah. him. Like he's never had an injury like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Robbie's had more of them, and you expect him to maybe just drop back in and play well. Uh, so. 
those are guys we'll be watching closely. Yeah, we might just finish up with um, Ulster. They had a tough day at the office. They looked like they were, you know, suffering from that all stereotypical European hangover. It was a tough day. Uh, I see the news today that Will Addison has had back surgery, yeah, big which is tough because there hasn't really been, you weren't really getting much information about, you know, his injury, how serious it was. And the news today that he's actually had surgery on it means obviously he won't play again with what's left of this season. And the, I think the wording in the statement was he's hopeful to be back for the start of preseason, but this is a guy who's made a big impact in Ulster, but he'd be a very handy guy to have for Joe Schmidt, I think, for the World Cup. And, you know, does, with a back injury as well, I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. I mean, how... Oh, yeah, I finished my career, Ken. Yeah, I thought that was your neck, sorry. <laughs> Same thing, is it spine? Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, sorry, it's... You're right, no, it is. It's a very serious injury to, to, to have, make it back? Yeah. I know we don't know how serious it is, but... We're completely speculating, mm. and I'd rather avoid that. I think it's what I would say is anything around your spine when you're getting surgery is very, very serious. Mm. And... Um, yeah, so look, we wish him all the best. He's He's been a big breath of fresh air up in Ulster. He's had a big impact. And he's had a big impact with Ireland as well. He's just something different for them. He's a lovely footwork. He's a good passer of the ball. He can play in a few different positions as well. So he gives you that bit of adaptability and flexibility on the bench, um, which is always nice. And you think in a World Cup campaign, someone like him would probably play a big part in some of the maybe the lesser fixtures, particularly in the group stages. So, yeah, hopefully he does get back and... and um, you know, it would be good to see him because I think he, like having him in next year for Ulster as well, like I, I, I'm expecting them to get better. I think they'll make, you know, Jack McGrath's a great bit of business, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more little bits of business that they do um, just to try and beef up. I think in the in the back line, if they can get one more guy, I think the pack looks actually quite good now. Um, they've turned that around really, really quickly. Maybe one more um, in the row because you think Henderson will be kind of missing for a little bit of, and, and that, you know, Jordy Murphy will probably be on the trip yeah. now. Um, Treadwell, Treadwell, I thought, did very well against Excellent, Spencer. very physical. You know, very he physical. kind of went off the, the boil there for a while after he made his team. I mean, he got a couple of caps actually a couple of years ago, but he had a very, very good game, I thought. Very strong, yeah. great tackler. I love, like, I like, he'd be a great guy to play with. Kind of reminds me of Michael Swift, just uh, very physical, mm. great, like, he just a real nuisance around the place. You know, anytime you run into him in the tight parts, he's sending you backwards and all of a sudden your all your moves are kind of redundant because they're heading backwards. You've got to kick the ball. He's one of those guys who can have real quiet impact on the game. Um, I think it's only when you're really watching his impacts that you really get to fully appreciate what he brings. So, yeah, I thought he was really good. He was a big part of what made Ulster very competitive. What they really need to watch now is that they don't go off the boil. They need to keep yeah. the foot down like absolutely on the pedal like they I was really disappointed I was I was looking closely at that fixture to see if they could back it up because it's something that Ulster have struggled with for a long time is having one big result and then not backing it up you know you think Munster away and then in the final against uh, Leinster in the in the Heineken Cup or Champions Cup like that mm. the, like to be beaten by that much in a final like they got absolutely hockeyed so um, you can't have that too much quality up there to to be losing games like, like they should be competing I know it's a tricky fixture but you you have to back those ones up. That's how you become a good team is that you create habits where that's just a standard that you hit every week. You might dip a little bit below, yeah. you might dip, a, uh, you might get a little bit above it in a really big game, but you're there, thereabouts. You can't have drop-offs like that and that's been a big challenge for them. So Dan McFarland and, his, and, and, and the group have a big way to go in terms of that, but at least they know they can produce a big one. They, they like, need, like if you if you can't if you can never produce a big mm. one, that'd be more concerning. But they can do that. So now it's a matter of going. Well, how do we replicate that? What habits do we build into guys every day where they say that's just the standard? 
Mm. We were just there. It shouldn't take all the time. playing Leinster at Uviva for Ulster to produce. Okay, maybe not quite those heights, but like you said, backing it up. And this weekend against Edinburgh, they've they've got it. They need a big performance here. There's mm. so much riding on this, isn't there? Oh, like there's a huge amount on it, you know. And Edinburgh, really, really difficult opposition. They're really nuggety under uh, under Cockrell. I think he's done a super job with that pack. Uh, they hang onto the ball for long, long periods, and you have to be very, you have to concentrate. You have to be really intense. Um, your pack have to be on the ball, you know, and they'd be good at set piece. Their maw was very strong against Leinster a few weeks ago, um, and against Munster as well. So like, th- there's a few parts of the game. Their scrum was pretty decent against Leinster, even when you know, you know, uh, Jack McGrath came on, um, you know, in that game, like, and, and Porter as well, two internationals. Mm-hmm. They still struggled to kind of contain them at uh, at the set piece and scrum time. So they can cause you serious trouble. And they have enough threat behind the scrum to finish things off. So that's that's been the chain, the turn turnaround for Edinburgh for me is that they actually mm. last season they were hanging on to the ball forever, couldn't score. This year they've got a bit more guile about them and a bit more threat, and they've a few more different ways they can attack you. So yeah, they they have to really be on the ball, and this is going to be a big test for them because they got Leinster in the last game of the yeah. year. I think Leinster will, could well like if they're in the mix for for you know or Heineken Cup. They could well bring a weakened team. Like what they did there. to Connacht, Connacht, I suppose, last season, remember when they were beaten? Yeah, but this one is the key one. Yeah. Like this one, like it's, this is, this this can kind of take the pressure off to a certain extent and then they know they've got Leinster mm. coming up. That's an easy one to build up the team for. Yeah, I suppose we finish on predictions. How do you think Ulster will get on? I think they'll, I think they'll do it. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they will miss the, the likes of Rory Best. He is a guy that they will miss. They'll miss Addison. But, I think they've got enough in, in, in the bank and I think they've enough there, enough confidence from the Leinster game that they can reproduce just a little bit of that magic and get them over the line um, in the last two games actually because I just think Leinster haven't got enough to play for and Ravenhill's a tough place to go. Yeah, so. I, would, I wouldn't be hugely confident now I have to say for Ulster this weekend. I hope I'm wrong. Um, Connacht, Cardiff, the big one like we were saying. Uh, yeah, I think Connacht will do that uh, as well. Um, I think they've... Uh, They've been good at home. They were good. Like I know they like they didn't put much away, and the game was actually tight enough um, against. Uh, oh, uh, was it Zebra or was it? Oh God, I'm, when was the last game in Sports Ground? They, they were brilliant. The brilliant second half anyway, and they put them away. But they had loads of opportunities in the first half and played great rugby. And um, I was impressed with them. Uh, it was Benetton, excuse me, it was Benetton, and they were very good. So. Uh, if they can release that back three, like that's the key part for them. If they can, you know, mm. move the other team around, if they're packing get on top, if they get good set piece ball, and if they're accurate off nine, if they can get little bits of momentum and release those guys, if they can get a few turnovers, Tyrone O'Halloran, Healy, uh, those guys will really, really hurt you if you can get quick ball. And they have enough threat in the centres as well. So um, I'm expecting a win at home for them. And there's, there's too much riding on it for them not to have a big performance. Yep, I agree. Couldn't, could, literally couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Munster against Benetton away uh, tricky one for them they'll have one eye on next banana week uh, it is a bit of a banana skin and there's loads on the line for, for Treviso mm. and they'll be confident from that win it's just whether it, it's just how much that, that took out of Treviso yeah. or sorry Benetton excuse me uh, I need a, we need a, a, a one euro <laughs> like a, a fine, I still call a, him a Treviso fine jar well, or whatever yeah. <laughs> they'll always uh, be Treviso but, but uh, yeah Benetton um, playing good rugby and they're difficult down there it's a difficult place to go they've turned over lots of teams there so that's a difficult one. Mm. Uh, it's one of those ones where you, I'd love you to want see to see the, the team. selection <laughs> before I make a call yeah. on it. Um, That's our classic go-to one uh, in all our predictions. Yeah. I'd like to see the team I'd first. I'd like to see the team first. A bit more information. I think... 
I think Teresa or Benetton. Jesus, another another fine for me. I think Benetton might win that one actually because I think there's so much riding on it for them. It'll be a huge game. Um, I wonder whether they get a big crowd. I, I hope so. Them. I mean, if yeah, you can't get a big crowd for oh. something like this, I hope they get a big yeah. crowd and they they put out a big performance. Monsters have way more quality on them, and Monster kind of needed as well. Oh Jesus. God, am I changing my mind? I'm changing my mind. Sorry. No, I think Munster, Munster will win that one. Munster will win that. They should have enough to, to do that. And they still, I think they'd like to get that top spot from Glasgow, even though they're fighting a war on two fronts. I just love to, a bit more information to see who they pick. Yeah. I think Munster as well, again, yeah, would like to see their Munster, Munster yeah. maybe to, to edge it in. It's edgy, though. It's interesting there that I'm actually, like, both of us are like, well, maybe maybe not you. You're pretty certain on Munster, but like uh, I'm I wouldn't like, say it. no. I wouldn't say that either. It's a pretty like, tricky fixture yeah, down there now. No, no I know. I, I totally and agree. I'm kind of thinking, oh, have you got one eye in next week? Are they going to yeah. try and build momentum? Or are they going to just try and relax and, and and make sure the guys are well well prepared for the Saracens game? I don't know. It's similar to the Connacht game. There's so much riding on it for Benetton that you know. But there's actually sorry. I, do you know why I changed my mind? Is I was thinking there's actually still a bit riding on that for Munster. Yeah, that's of tight enough yeah. for Glasgow. And if Glasgow lost to Leinster, which is very conceivable. Um, well, yeah, we might get onto that actually. I think. That is a very, very much a banana skin for Leinster at home with Glasgow coming fully loaded. You'd imagine. But that's it. Rest. They've they, everything's like should, yeah. should, you know the likes of Stuart Hogg yeah. will be back. Like he's just a nightmare to play mm. against. He's just such a threat from everyone. He's Are you a fan of his new hair? Uh, not. I give him a stick. I was calling <laughs> him. The, was it Danny DeVito in? Uh, do you remember Danny DeVito from? Uh, was it um, Twins? <laughs> was it Lethal Weapon? Maybe remember he had the blondie hair. Weapon. <laughs> 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 he was getting a bit of a slagging in a group. I'm in. Still but, playing uh, pretty well with it though. If you're going to have hair like that, you have to. Back better it up play and, well. Yeah, no better man. Quality player, and they've lots of quality throughout the pitch. So. Uh, tight one. I, mm. They've everything like they, they. I think they want to secure that week off where they can prepare and rest the guys up. Um, and I think that's why I, I feel like Munster might edge the other one as mm. well. But this one, tight one, already has a tough place to go. Although, and Leinster have just got a draw against Benetton, so can't imagine they'll be wanting to lose another one. Like they, you'd feel like that's a real loss of momentum. So I think mm. they might go after this one actually. Well. Luke, we got so there. so I'll say Leinster. Sorry, I never actually gave an answer. I'm going to say. So I tell you, sorry, as soon as you said, Leinster, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say Leinster. We got there. We got eventually. There. We got Poor there eventually, old Will. Yeah. We missed him terribly. Yeah, not well, really. Two, <laughs> not two, really. <laughs> two of us. We still managed to get a fair, fair bit of time out of it. Yeah, uh, just try and stop plenty, us. Plenty of rabbit holes there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, that's usually what we do in your ear. So listen, thanks for filling in. It was. Uh, I know it was a bit of an ask. Uh, to all our listeners, thanks again. We've had some great feedback over the last couple of weeks. We've been uh, top of the charts, Keen. You've been a big part of that. So uh, thanks no very pressure, much for no listening, guys. Yeah, no pressure at all. But thanks very much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully have Will back next week. We'll probably get Keen in as well just to go through <laughs> what is a big week. Heineken Cup, uh, very, very exciting. But first, we've got a few of those league games to uh, to get through so yeah Will 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 definitely be back next week well he'll be in this chair even felt a bit weird sitting at the other, <laughs> the other, other, side. other, other <laughs> side of the table but thanks very much for listening uh, to the left wing and don't forget to subscribe on independent.ie iTunes and SoundCloud talk to you next week <laughs>